0: Amen. Well, we've been in a series for a few weeks called Right Words. Right Words. So right words are words that God would have you speak. In any situation, the right words are the ones God would have you speak. You know, it doesn't have to be. I mean, ideally, He's going to lead us and guide us. We have a free will. But in any situation, speaking right words are going to line up with what God would have you to speak. In other words, I mean, you could ask yourself, what would Jesus say in any situation? You know that the old thing, what would Jesus do? You know, had bracelets and things. What would Jesus say in this situation? Well, when, when, when uh, you're in any given situation, what are the right words to say? And uh, that's what we've been talking about uh, Right words are His words. The Word of God are, are always correct, but you want to use the Word of God correctly in a situation. How many of you know Satan will quote the Word of God? Now, it's always skewed. He may quote half of it. He may quote it out of context, but he can try to use the Word of God. Well, the Word of God is always anointed. It's always true, but you could use the Word of God to beat somebody over the head when it's not appropriate. It's not the right time. Those become the right words or the wrong words. It doesn't have to do with your personality. We can't, well, that's just the way I am. You know, I just tend to, Bleh, when certain things happen. That's, that's not an excuse. So one of our instructors at Rhema used to say this. He said an excuse is the skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, that's, what, that's about how we react. We're like, oh, ouch. I'll say it again. An excuse is the skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. In other words, it may sound like it's a reason, but when you get down to it, it's just not true. An excuse is like, it doesn't hold water. So yeah, it's just my personality, I just tend to say that. Well, personality or no personality, we, we have control over what we say. Did I lose somebody there? We have control over what we say. What comes out of our mouth is under our control. Well, I just can't help it. That's not true. And if we believe that lie, then we'll be in bondage. We'll think we get into certain conditions, certain situations. I don't care. You can call them triggers. You call whatever. And I just can't help it. Well, if you believe you can't help it, then you won't try to get out of it. We won't try to change. And we, that certainly contradicts, you know, you can't be in faith and believe God can help you, and then believe a lie like I can't help it. In any situation, in any area, as long as we think I can't do anything about it, what we're saying is God isn't big enough, He can't do what His Word says, and as long if we take uh, sides against the Word, it's not going to work for us. How many of you know God is right? Everybody say God is right. Now, we would know that with our head, but when we're walking out this life in certain any conditions, hard conditions, we do not want to start taking sides against the Word and against Him. Well, I know what the Word says, but that, that's a bad start to a sentence. We don't want to do that. So, right words are words God would say. It doesn't have to do with your personality. It doesn't have to do with your circumstance. It's what God would say it's what is correct, right, appropriate in a situation. So we've been talking about different facets of this. I want you to turn over to Ephesians 4.25. We looked at this last week. We're going to continue a little bit um, on uh, the same kind of aspect we were on last week. Ephesians 4.25 It says, therefore, put away lying. Let each of each of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, what, that he may have something to give who, him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good. For necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of, uh, of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now there's several aspects I want you to notice. Uh, let's see yeah let's go ahead and uh, read verse 26 it says be angry and do not sin do you realize you can be angry but you don't have to lose it again well I just can't help it I I lose it my family you know we're from such and such ethnicity and we just lose it (laughs) In our family, it's always just, we're at, you know, okay, that may be true, but all of us have to come up against, is it godly? This may have been my family tree far back as I can track it, but how do I want my family to look like going forward? And we're all in this together, okay? We all live in close quarters with with someone we've all we've all dealt. everybody in here has a family <laughs> at least at some point you know if your your siblings or parents have gone on to be with the Lord you have a heritage you've dealt with close quarters with people you know what it's like to live with people you know if you live with other people in close quarters it's gonna be a challenge at some point It's always because you're dealing with another human being. It doesn't have to be bad. That's not bad. Confess it. We want to believe that it just is better and better. But we need to ask ourselves in every situation, you know, how should I be reacting in a certain situation? What words should I be saying? It says here, verse Twenty-six. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. So be angry and do not sin. You can be angry, but you don't have to sin. Verse 27, nor give place to the devil. It's every one of us has the capability to give place to God one minute and to give place to the devil the next minute. Amen. I said you all have, we all have the capability. No matter who you are, you can yield to the devil just like you can yield to God. And it's real easy to do. Just look around and see what other people are doing in the world and just do the same thing. It's really easy to do. And so we need to be aware that, that that's an influence. But verse 29, what well, we, we, we touched on this last week. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you, With all malice. Verse 32 Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So, verse 29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is uh, good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And I want to go a little bit deeper on some of this tonight. Uh, Edification means to build up. So when it says, we'll, we'll see this. Um, well, you don't see it here, but that, that word uh, build up or edification literally means to build up. So when you see what is good for necessary edification, you're talking about what is good for building up the people around you, which is the opposite of tearing down, building up is different than knocking down. You know, when you have a little toddler uh, with the blocks, you know, little wooden blocks, if, if, they're, if you build something for them, you know, stack a lot of blocks on top of them, uh, they like to just knock it down. That's a fun part. I mean, I would like to knock it down. Have you ever played Jenga? They have it in the little thing, Jenga, but they have giant Jenga? Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's a game, and you can get it where, you know, you can get up to where even tall people have to stand on their tippy-toes and do it, but it's fun when you see it not fall over, and you've got to put it all back up again. Well, tearing down, doing that may be fun, but when it's a person, it's not so fun. It may, you may think, well, no, I, I like doing it. Yeah, but the, picking up the pieces are not good. Amen. So we want to be careful that what's coming out of our mouth is, is, is uh, good for necessary edification, building up that it may impart grace to the hear- hearers. And notice this, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for day of redemption. Don't grieve him. So there's so much here. We're going to look at some you know, aspects uh, in different translations and, and things here, and then we'll go forward. But we may come back to some of this. Verse uh, 29 in the Amplified Classic. It says, let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others. Notice how that says it. Don't let evil word or unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others. As is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor, to those who hear it. It, Only things that are good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others. And we're going to see this, I think, in some other verses as well. Uh, But our words can have a positive effect or negative effect on other people's spiritual progress. Amen. Amen. We are going through this life. All of us are walking through this life for a short time. It's not going to be that long, you know, till we're out of here. Uh, even if it's, you know, 150 years, which nobody in here is going to leave 150 years, even that would be short. It's not that long. But we, everybody's walking through life and we're on a spiritual journey. We're, we, we're supposed to be running a race, the Bible calls it. And your words can either help or they can hinder. And we just need to be conscious of that. And that's what, you know, we're going to focus on a little bit. Uh, In the New Living Translation, it says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everyone, everything you say, be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Now, we read some of those last week. I want to go a little further. We might come back to some of this. Uh, Let's read Colossians 4, 6. We read this last week, too, but we're just going to hook it up with where we were, and then we'll go forward. Colossians four verse six Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Let your conversation be gracious or that sorry, that's a let your let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt. In the New Living Translation it says Let your conversation be gracious and attractive, so that you will have the right response for everyone. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive. So our words, if they can be attractive, they can be repulsive. If they can be gracious, you know, they could be demanding and haughty and mean. So, but the Bible is saying, you know, think about and act on and, and be gracious. Act on what God has said and think about your words and make sure they're gracious and attractive. In First the, uh, Thessalonians 5.11, we'll just put this up on the screen, First Thessalonians 5.11, it says, therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. Comfort each other and edify one another. In the New Living Translation, it says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing encourage each other, and build each other up. We want our words, when they come out of our mouth, to hit the other person positively and lift them up. Lift the atmosphere up. Charge the atmosphere with can-do and godly words, and we're going to make it. Encourage, build up, that when when. Others are hearing our words, and that includes include you. You know, you hear your words. That's another thing. But we're talking about specifically when we're speaking to others, that they build up. See, that's the same thing with the edifying. In, other, in the New King James, it said, comfort each other and edify. Here you actually see it says, so encourage each other and build each other up. It is so easy to do the opposite. It's so easy to tear down. And it, it's conscious... It's a conscious decision that I'm gonna let my words build up. I'm gonna let my words uh, encourage. I'm gonna let my words edify. I'm gonna let my words be a grace to the hearers. When they hear my words, you know, saying a kind word to somebody, somebody did something well, and it's so easy to think of the negative, but instead just to say something positive. Hey, you did a good job on that, and here's why. I liked this. This was good and to lift people up what are we doing when we do that we're helping them we're talking about christians but really anybody if they're born again or not even if they're not born again you being a a, an encouragement to them can lead them to god because they associate they know you're a christian they're associating you with the lord they're associating you with god even if they don't understand all the the connections yet but when we're talking about specifically you know Christians, when we are saying something that's building up and edifying and encouraging, we are helping somebody on their spiritual walk. We are being agents of God. Encouraging somebody in the things of God. Encouraging somebody on their path. We are being a helper to the Lord. In fact... When we are yielding our mouth to Him, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your sibling, whether it's your you know, fellow, uh, you know, in somebody in your church family, when you yield your mouth to God and speak a kind word, speak an encouraging word, speak something that builds up, we are, we are being a help to God to help them on their journey, to help them on their path. Do you realize those words, we all know it personally, A kind word can bring you so far. Just You you get in a rough spot, but somebody said so-and-so, and and they said I could do this. And God can use that to prop you up. We need to rely on Him, but He uses people. He uses people. Everybody say, God uses people. people. That means He can use me. And that doesn't... Some people, well, God using you is some... big thing. Sometimes people think of the grandiose, but just saying something kind to somebody at the right place, at the right time, when they needed encouragement can go so far, and God can magnify it, and God can bring it back to their remembrance. When there are other voices in their life that are speaking something negative, your voice can ring in their head, and God can bring that. That gives God something to use, to bring back to their remembrance something that is positive, And even though five people may have told them they're bad at something or they're not going to make it, your voice could be something that encourages them and says, you are going to make it. Well, so and God can prompt them. Well, so-and-so said, you're, you're doing that well. They said, don't quit. Keep going. You're going to make it. And God can use that. Sometimes we, we negate the, what we would consider natural things just, you know, to just receive everything directly from God. Well, not everybody, I would say nobody receives everything just directly from God. We interact with people. God can use our mouths to help other people and to build them up. And it just brings a visual to me on their spiritual progress. They're running, and your words are helping, encouraging them, and booing them up, holding their hands up maybe when they need it. And maybe you talk to them here, but... You know, a ways down the road, your words come right long back, uh, you know, of, beside them to buoy them up, to strengthen them, to, to lift them up when they need it. Of course, it's God we rely on, but He can, he can work through what you've said. Romans uh, 14, 19, just giving you some scripture along this line, Uh it says, therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things which may edify another. Let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things which may, which, uh, by which one may edify, and you know that means build up, another. The Passion Translation says, so then, make it your top priority to live a life of peace with harmony in your relationships, eagerly seeking to strengthen and encourage one another. Make it a high priority to strengthen and encourage each other. That way, you know, if we'll just make a little adjustment in our thinking. When I'm speaking, I want it landing on people's ears. It's going to result in strengthening and encouraging. That my words fit that criteria. When it hits their ears, hits their hearts, it's strength. And it's encouragement. Uh, Look at this in the Amplified. You skip down to the Amplified Bible. It says, So then let us pursue with enthusiasm the things which make for peace and the building up of one another, things which lead to spiritual growth. Things which lead to spiritual growth. Of course, your words can fit that category, right? Your words coming and actually leading somebody to grow spiritually. Of course, your words being based on the Word of God can lead them and encourage them to look to the Almighty, to look to the Spirit of God, to, to remind them that this isn't all there is to life, what they see and feel and are maybe going through right now, but there's a God in heaven. And there's a God that's watching over you. And you may be going through a, a rough spot right now, but this isn't all there is. You're going to make it through. Those things actually help people grow. You, can, you know, some people, they're not going to hear. They, maybe they're not reading their Bible a lot. Maybe they're not coming to church, but your words can impact them. Because you're full, full of the Spirit of God. You'll, you have been spending time with God. And so your words are actually a conduit for God to bless them and to get some form of his word into their ears, into their hearts, which will strengthen, encourage them, and actually help them spiritually. Look at this in the contemporary English version. It says we should try to live at peace and help each other have strong faith. Have strong faith. Are my words helping a spirit of faith, a spirit of strength? Faith is positive. Faith is going to be joyful. Faith is going to look at what God can do and what he has done and how good the future can be. It's not going to be like, well, yeah, you, you messed it up, pal. I don't know what you're going to do. Have a good day. Faith is saying, yeah, but God can help you. God can get you over. God is bigger than this. Just take it, you know, taking somebody's perspective out. Because, you know, when you're getting a situation, it can seem like you're so surrounded by the situation that that's all you see. You just see the situation. It's like, you know, you can't, you're trying to go like this, you can't see it. And really, if you could just take the perspective and change it and look way above it the way God sees and the way he's dealing with it. It can change everything like that. You, really, you think you have this problem till you see, wait a minute. This is God's way bigger than this. What am I doing? It can jolt you right back out and, have, and help somebody. How does faith come? It comes by hearing. hearing. Hearing the word of God. Well, somebody may, maybe their eyes are off the word. Maybe they, they and this happens. You know, if you take your eyes off the word, if you take your eyes uh, off what God has said, and start looking at, at situations, they start looking bigger and bigger, and faith dwindles when you're not feeding it. If you're not feeding your faith, you know, it, it's it's going your 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 spirit man's going to become weak. Well, a strong word coming in saying, nope, God is bigger. That's the word of God. If you speak the word to somebody, no, you're going to make it. You, you have the ability. The spirit of God is in you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. That's the word. That can bring faith. Because if it's based on the word of God, even if you're paraphrasing, even if you're saying it in everyday language, even if you didn't tack the, the verse on the end of it, that can put somebody, put faith into somebody. Because it's the word of God. And that's what we're to do, is help each other have strong faith. Our words, just imparting faith as we go around and talk to people. Just faith. Faith, we're going to make it. We're going to overcome. You're going to be, next year, you're going to be on top. Yes, next year, that's going to be in your rearview mirror. You're going to have a good life. And just imparting strength ought to be our goal. Praise God. Proverbs 10.31. You guys okay? I'm going to read a a few more verses on this. Proverbs 10.31 says, The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked, what is perverse. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. It is going to impart grace and wisdom and help. The righteous person knows that. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable. Notice how it's talking about situations, conditions, and we all deal with life. We all deal with the challenges. We all deal with days when, you know, this one, one of our uh, in, this guy that uh, was a visiting pastor at Raymond. We had this one class in third year. Um, where it was just consisted of pastors that were already out, you know, pastoring somewhere. They came in for a week, and then for like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of that week, they just taught us all morning, like just poured into us whatever the Spirit of God had laid on their heart, and they would just impart. And this one man, uh, he was from Iowa, came, and I remember he was like, you know, he's like, yeah, some days you just go down and down to the convenience store, and yeah, it's one of those days you get a Dr. Pepper and a, I can't remember what he said, ho-ho or ding-dong, you know, it's just like, it's one of those days. And, you know, it comes to all of us where there is pressure and a word from somebody, yeah, you know, not a condemning word, not a, yeah, you should be doing X, Y, and Z, why aren't you doing, it? I'm not talking we don't encourage people nicely, but a relatable, yeah, uh, may look like this, but God's still on the throne and something acceptable, something right in the situation something appropriate does anybody in here when you're going through a rough time like to have somebody kinda like preach at you and tell you how you know you should be doing this and that I'm not talking about encouragement I'm talking about you kinda stepping outside as if they've never been in the situation at all and here's what the word says and I'm not talking about encouraging I'm talking about basically lecturing you when you You've heard it, you could quote that too, but your back's up against the wall. Can I see a show of hands? How many people like that happening to you? No. Okay. You like it when you know, you're dealing with something, and somebody you know, gives you a, a three minute lecture of how they, their confession is wrong and how you're saying the wrong thing and how you should be doing this, and if you were doing this, this wouldn't be happening. That doesn't impart grace to the hearers. That's not appropriate. That doesn't, that doesn't make them go, woohoo! I'm going to make it. That means That makes them say, get out of my face. I can't listen to you right now. You know what I'm talking about. If somebody's hurting, they don't want you to tell them all the stuff they're doing wrong, and they would only hear that if they already feel like you're on their side. There's a way to do it. There's a way, because you want to actually help somebody, not just tell them what you know and how much you can quote scripture and what you would do if you were in their uh, shoes. Because you know, it's real easy to say what you do if you were in somebody else's shoes when you're not actually in their shoes. And somebody said it like this, if you haven't walked in it, if you haven't been through and conquered what they're going through, Be very careful about talking what you would do if you were in that situation. Oh, I would would believe God and I would get over that. Have you walked through it? Have you conquered it? (laughs) You know, they're dealing with an illness. Well, you just need to believe God. Well, have you walked through that and you've conquered it? If you haven't, you don't know what you would do. And it's pride to think and it, it can come to all of us. it's, well, I would do it, the minute we ever just just a, a side thing. the minute the words, "If I were do, if I were in that situation, I would," or "I would never," those ever come out of our mouth. You can just chalk it up. We're in pride. Did you hear me? If we ever say, "I would never," I would never," what we're doing is comparing. And saying, if I were, I wouldn't. And it's elevating us, putting somebody else down. And it's pride. Just think about it. You can chew on that later. <laughs> but we need, we're talking about just being encouraging. We're not talking about, now you don't need to just wallow in the mire. If somebody's having a bad time, you don't need to be like, oh, how bad it is. And just talk about that. Because that's going to bring everybody down. Yes. But what is appropriate? Use this. Use this to determine what's appropriate. What would you like to hear in this situation? If you were going through the same thing, what would feel appropriate to you? Based on the word, what would encourage you? How would you like to be treated? Because, you know, when we're dealing with something and being pressed, we feel vulnerable. Yes, we do. You're at a weak point and somebody else knows something about it. And sometimes in word and face circles, thank God we know the word. Thank God we've heard the word. But there are times, you know, you you are walking through something and somebody else knows it. That's a vulnerable place. And not everything looks like it's supposed to look yet. Imparting faith means encouraging and being on their side. It's going to be here, not judging somebody for the way it looks now, and you must be doing something wrong. That's not faith. An enemy will try to use our mouth to tear somebody else down and put, their fing- put a finger on exactly what that person is dealing with. And you've probably had this happen to you personally. You are pushing certain thoughts out of your head. You're dealing with something about something. And somebody walks up and you just, ten minutes ago, got that thing out of your head. You pushed it out. You're, no, I'm going to make it, whatever. And you come up and talk to somebody and they bring up the exact thing in the exact way that you just tried to get out. And now it's right in your face again. I'm not going to even ask for a show of hands. But that, that's happened. We can be conscious of the fact that we can be used for good, but if we're not careful, if we're flippant with words and, and just you know, throwing them out, whatever comes to our mind, we can actually hinder somebody in their spiritual progress by throwing something out that, well, why don't you do this? Unless it's God helping us to say something, then it will always be in love. We can be throwing something out that actually is just, it's like you know sticking your foot out in front of their leg and tripping them, spiritually speaking. And it's subtle. And the enemy does this to try to get, if he can get you to say something that's going to harm somebody or get them, trip them up, you know, he will. So just being conscious of it is so much of it. If we'll be conscious of the fact that, look, my words, I may just be saying something and I, it's flipping to me, but that person going through something could be like this. It can either lift them up and be such an encouragement or it could be something they got to deal with to get out of their head for the next three days. Yes. Yes. Glory to God. (laughs) He will help us to determine the difference and to help us. Yes. Help us to filter. Amen. Let's read a couple more of these and then we'll We'll wrap up. In the New Living Translation, um, Proverbs 10.31 says, The mouth of the godly person gives wise advice. Verse 32 says, The lips of the godly speak helpful words. Proverbs 25.11 said, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver, like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise rebuker to an obedient ear. Talking about using words rightly at the right time is just perfect. Saying the right thing at the right time and to help somebody and to be encouraging somebody is just precious. Isaiah 50 verse four, it says, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. A word in season to him who is weary. Somebody needs a refreshing. Somebody needs something they, they've been dealing with, something, and, and maybe they're getting weary. Uh, the right word can just make all the difference. Get them going, get them overcoming get them moving again. God is faithful to help us. God is faithful to help us uh, determine the right things. It it takes, it's just being led by the Spirit of God. It's another aspect to just listening to His Spirit, listening to what He would say to us in all the situations. Amen.